Yo, 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 welcome to the Big Zo Podcast. I go by the name of Berto. It's your boy Beast on the Beat. And we got a special guest. Um, we got the homie, Najo. Yes, sir. Nigel, how you is. doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I mean, as best as I can, you know, all this crazy is going on right now. And trying to stay afloat, you know? Yeah, man. So we're going to start this podcast and this conversation by um, pretty much talking about what's going on in the world, man. Especially with you, you being like, you know, basically like a teacher, like an educator, like just teaching like young um, men and mentoring young men. So how do you feel like what's going on, is like, especially in this world, like today with this, you know, riots and, you know, the, you know, social um, situations that we got going on? Um, well, I mean, I have a whole bunch of mixed emotions, man, because to be honest with you, it's like, I mean, like you said, there's a number of things. I'm coming from a few different viewpoints as a, as a man, as an African-American, as a Christian, you know, there's a few different things. So it's like, there, it's affecting me on all different levels right about now. So, I mean, I'm trying to see if I can answer these questions as best as I can. Yeah. Well, how do you feel not having students around? Not having the students around? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and actually seeing the parents struggle, you know what I'm saying, for the first few weeks, and you, you seeing uh, different parents appreciating the teachers. Um, what's your viewpoint yeah. on that? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, I see you, 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 yeah, you laughing as you say, but it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's true because I, I really, um, I don't know, you know, you're, um, you know, beast. I don't know if you're a parent yet, but I'm sure a lot of parents. Nah. From, all right. All right. I mean, I'm he's, he's got like two kids, but you, you don't claim him. You don't claim him right now. You just don't claim him. When Jackie come around though, you're going to call him up. <laughs> Stepdaddy of the year, 2020. Uh-huh. Nominating you, peace. Hey, you a fool, man. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but I, I, I ain't going to divert too much from it, man. But truthfully, um, the feedback that I've been getting from a lot of parents is that, like, they really, if there's one good thing that came out of this, you know, this pandemic, is that um, parents really, it, it takes being at the other end of it to really appreciate it. So what that means is that a lot of, I've gotten a lot of feedback from parents that are like, you know, we need we need advice. We need techniques. We need resources. How to really teach our kids? Uncle, they they you know before they they took it for granted. Just drop our kids off. Y'all do what y'all do, and then we pick them back up. Yeah. For now us. it's like wow, we really appreciate what each and every one of those teachers in this and 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 uh, administrators and educators. Period. We appreciate what y'all doing. Period. Also, I was gonna say uh, um, a lot of them were saying that the education system just changed on them like that. They don't know the math problems. They say the math look different <laughs> <laughs> and everything I mean, is different, man. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's a lot of it is different. Cause even myself, you know, we could probably even relate between me and you, you know, Berto mm-hmm. and understanding that things have changed. Even me looking at these books, like I, I, I thought this was rough back then. Me trying to pick up a fifth grade book nowadays, you got to kind of like really, you know, really kind of evaluate some things before you even answer these kids question. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't quite say things have fully changed, but I say that knowledge has definitely increased. So uh, from that sense, we, we're kind of behind because the kids are learning a lot more than we were learning at their age. Yeah. I mean, I think technology has a lot to do with that. Uh, oh, especially, heavily. Especially a lot of softwares, you know what I'm saying? Like even babies now can use a phone, you know what I'm saying? Well, back then, 
it was pushed on us to play outside for at least 30 minutes to an hour. You know what I'm saying? Now these kids, right. they're playing with a tablet at an early age and, and getting the knowledge. Or it, it's steps for them to get knowledge, but it's also, I think, it's fucked up because they don't get the physical um, part. You know what I'm saying? They get the mental yeah. part, but the physical part is kind of messed up. Yeah, definitely. I can answer. I can speak to that because there's two different parts. There, like you said, you touched on both parts. Um, you got those kids that like. It's good to understand that as a child or as kids as early as you know, what I'm saying infancy stages, firstborn. Mm-hmm. It's good for them to learn as much as they can. Like their their brains are like sponges. That's what I, I hear. What you're saying with as far as the education. Piece. That's yeah. You know, what I'm saying toddlers can work tablets better than a lot of adults nowadays. That's true. However. You know, if we could call, we could also speak to the pandemic. I've seen more people riding bikes and scooters and skate, skateboarding, roller skating, and all of that within these past few months, more than I've seen in the past few years. I, mean, I don't know if you probably could speak to that, but yeah, if there's true. one aspect that you could kind of speak to, I mean, I mean, not not to turn this podcast into a good versus bad, pros versus cons, but I mean, the COVID nineteen, yes, it's, it's very, you know, it's 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 very sad in the lives that are being taken, but. I've seen some great things that come about from it. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, when we, when we kind of go back to the semi-normal, that we won't go back to the old normal, but we're going to go forward. I mean, actually going back outside again, playing outside, playing with our kids, you know what I'm saying, riding bikes, actually having fun outdoors as opposed to just being indoors. I hope that doesn't change. What, what, what grade are you, are you teaching? Uh, well, in my, I work in an elementary school, mm. but... I don't just, I don't teach a direct, um, one individual grade. I'm working with anywhere from, well, I'm working with kindergarten all the way up until uh, seventh graders. Okay. I work, I work with them all. So I, I'm dealing with, you know what I'm saying? You're dealing with babies and you're dealing with like young, you know, young teenagers. Now, we have to, me and Berto on, on a particular basis have to deal with, with, what is it, Generation Z, right? That's what they call them. And oh we my see- gosh. <laughs> They're like, the, I'm not going to say it to us. They're like the worst generation, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I listen, just can't get along with them. We also like we also be like the things that they, the mindset that they have, they have it from an early age, and not, we we think it's because they had a lot of tablets and stuff in front of them. How do you feel like the the earlier generation, the generation that you teaching? Um, how do you feel that they're going, and what are you doing to? Not only instead that they're American, but they're pro-black as well, because that's going to be a situation that they're going to have to evolve in. Like, 2020 is definitely going to go in the history books. Right. Kids that, like, you know what I'm saying? They, the kids that you're teaching, they're going to get a chance to actually talk about it and, you know what I'm saying, and write books about it. So what's your viewpoint on that? I caught the I caught the back end of it, Beast. If you don't mind, just kind of uh, clarifying the first part that you were saying. As far as um, you, you talk about the Generation Z, right? Mm-hmm, right. And I, I, I missed the first part. Just trying I, to understand. I, I was trying to say that their mind is their mindset is different, and I right. we, we say it's because we got the chance to play outside more while they was on tablets and stuff like that. So I, we try, I'm trying to figure out. Is this something that is that's being taught as a, at an early stage that that you probably you could be like you probably used to be like okay we we wasn't raised like that but they're teaching these kids this and it's it's, our, it's, it's the uh, it's the way they were raised like um I think what he's basically trying to say like this to compare like 
Like if you look at your generation, we're basically the millennials. Our mindset is completely way different. Maybe because we had to go outside more, we had to be involved more. But you look at Generation Z, they mostly like our generation pretty much created technology. Um, so Generation Z is the generation that pretty much could um never live without technology, if that makes sense. So how would you compare you. like the two generations? And, and where do you see the the futures going? As in, like now these tech these technologies start with with babies. Like you do hooked on phonics as a baby. You know what I'm saying? So it's like with technology is going back earlier and earlier, and like stuff like five G is growing. So you know what I'm saying? You're gonna see. We probably not gonna be at school as much. We probably gonna be at home doing webcasts like that, and that's gonna be their new way of, of school. So, how do you see that as going? Um, to be honest with you, beast, it's 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 it's, it's just interesting just thinking about it from now because I want to say that um, if it's if it's if we use it to our advantage, to put it this way, I see us as millennials being gap gap changers or gap, um, what would I say? Bring it, bridging the gap. I see us working with the younger generation and we're working with the ones that came before us. I see us being the ones that kind of keep it all together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're like generation the glue. Z. Say it again, Berto. I said, I said, we're the glue. Basically we're the glue. Like we, we can understand, as much as they're annoying, but we can understand them. Because think about it, if I could be real with you, Generation Zs are being raised by us. That's our children. Think about it. Back in school, that if, if these are kids are 10, 11 years old, a lot of the kids that we went to high school with, these are their kids. Or middle school, like we're having kids that are during while, while we was going through school. Mm -hmm. That's their kids now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you have that aspect of it. And you have kids that are like, you have our generation that are raising these kids. And like, you know what? There's some things that my parents taught me that I'm not going to bring into my home. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to raise my kids like this. So now I'm going to just throw a tablet in front of them. And then you got our generation that's working hard trying to figure these out for ourselves. So it's like there's a few different things that are going on with it within the generation, man, generation gaps. So it's like – and the kids are being taught – at least our parents, even though we may not have respected everything that they told us, at least they taught us some real-life lessons. Now you got YouTube, Google, and everybody else teaching these kids or teaching our kids. That's I feel it, like they don't, I mean, I was just saying, I mean, just my opinion about the Generation Z is just, they're just hard, it's hard for them to understand when we try to teach them, because they already feel like, you know, they already know it, they already have the answer, and it's right. like, I think it's probably because of social media, or their friends, because they, when you try to talk to them, they, they already feel, well, I already know how to do this, I, you know what I'm saying, maybe, I mean, it had to be, it has to be because of technology, obviously. I mean, I also I think... think no, I also okay. think I thought I also think it's society as well, because back then your parents would pull out your, their belt and whoop you in front of, in front of everybody, and if you try to stop the, the, the person that they go. they're gonna they're gonna come and help and jump in, but today that's a lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? You whoop your kids, you can go to jail behind that, and because of that, we have people like Dwayne Wade. <laughs> That lets the son do whatever he wants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we call them the Oprah generation, the free thinkers. Let your kids um, make a grown-man decision. But that's a different topic for another day. We ain't going to bring that up. I mean, right, that's, right, right. That, that's, that's all part of it. Because, like I said, society allows that to happen. 
And because of that, the kids feel like they can do whatever they want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, with, with like mental health and stuff like that, the parents don't want to deal with stuff like that. From a long day, you work the eight-hour shift, you don't want to deal with this kid. You know what I'm saying? So you let this kid do whatever they want. And that's mm-hmm. a real, it's a trickle-down effect. People are, mm-hmm. are having kids earlier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Grandmas are, are in the 40s now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, this is all because of, of society and what society is allowing to happen. It's becoming a new, the new norm. That's the new tradition now. Exactly. And I agree with you, BC. You touched on something, you know, very, very important, um, you know, during our time right now. That's mental health. Um you know, especially during, actually tonight is one of the, tonight is the last night, or the last day rather, because May is Mental Health Awareness slash Trauma um, Informed Care Month, which is basically talking about bringing awareness to mental health awareness, which, or just brain health, how to take care of my mind, how to take care of my brain, and also how trauma affects how people operate and how kids grow. So um, I'll tell you one thing though, with that being said, talking about trauma, a lot of things that kids, like even what we grew up with, whether it's gun violence, whether it's drugs, whether it's uh, domestic violence, arguing in the home, whatever the case is, these things are affecting the younger generations. You understand what I'm saying? And so they're being affected and, it's, and nobody's, they're not talking to nobody about it. So you have somebody such as myself and you know, others of color that look like us that are able to, that's one of the things that why I, I love working in the school where I take a passion for working with and where my mentoring piece comes in as a, as a, you know, a young black man, not that I don't help every kid, but I can at least, I feel as if I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be able to talk to that young black man that understand, you know what, Mr. J, they call me, you look like me. Now they don't say that per se, but there's a difference when they feel as if they feel comfortable and they feel safe. Like, you know what, it's something about understanding that you look like me, what makes you want to listen to you. So it's not so much what I say or how I come across, but just the fact that I look like them it gives them a little bit more understanding. Like, you know what, you might understand what I'm coming from, all right? Mm-hmm. Because let's look at this one piece. I don't want to cut you off, mm-hmm. but let's look at, it's kind of hard for, it's one of the things that I'm, that I'm struggling with right now in the education, school educational realm, because administrators, educators, they expect kids to learn when they come to school. But when you have African, we have young African-American boys and girls that are coming from an environment where they might not have ate breakfast that morning or, they're coming from a situation where, where they couldn't sleep last night because they, 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 they stayed up due to all these gunshots they were hearing. Or the fact that mommy got or mommy daddy had an issue last night and somebody got removed from the home in the middle of the night. So now they had to go get rushed to grandma's house so they really didn't sleep. But they didn't, they're not talking about this. And that's what you call trauma. That's what you call affecting their mental health. So they come into the classroom and they acting out. They're not following directions or they sleep in the class or they talking back to the teacher. For me and you, that looks like, wow, this kid is disrespectful. But for me, I'm understanding, as an African-American understands that background, understand where you could come from, it's impossible for you to tell me, Beast, to function in class when I don't know if when I go home, my mom and dad is going to be there or not. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So all of this really thinks it makes a difference on kids. So are you guys, I mean, I guess you see that as an individual, but does the right. school system see that as a, as a problem? And uh, and if they do, like, are they like creating these these support groups on school? Yeah, think about it. What you just said right now, we've been going through that. Even when when we were in school, we knew someone 
who didn't have a place to sleep or anything like that, but we made it through. These kids now, they have, but like I said, we got an opportunity to learn either either play outside or um, we used to do a lot of arts and craft as kids. So it was like, go ahead, beast. We got a lot. We, we got a lot to balance. But these kids, they 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 only know technology. So I'm trying to figure out: is there a is there a program out there, or is there like a structure out there for these kids now? All right. I mean, we had we had we had kids that passed away over this coronavirus, but just because they couldn't go outside or they could, they had to stay inside and they had nothing else to do. So it's like there was a they mentally locked up and like they go crazy over that. So what are we doing like, as teachers or as parents or what do you suggest that we do or continue to do? Well, you 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 said a lot there, Beast. There's, there's so many different things to speak to, but I'll try my best to and you can help me to navigate if I miss something. Um well what I would first start with and one of my roles is Within the, you know, within the school district is I'm what they call a behavioral health professional, which is basically um, somebody that comes into the school after, you know, the, the uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Act, you know, that was, that was something that was passed after the shooting, mm-hmm. right, um, down south. And so every school in Palm Beach County has, has, a, um, has, has a position such as myself, which is a behavioral health professional, which is there as a support as a support to the guidance counselors and as a support to the mental health team mm-hmm. to help address kids that are, that are uh, expressing or, or displaying, I should say, some qualities or some types of symptoms of maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's anger, excessive anger. Maybe it's, they're missing school. Maybe they're extremely sad or depressed. One of my duties is, is notifying or being able to address those kids and trying to figure out what's going on. So that as a second grader, third grader that's dealing with some of those issues, like what you mentioned, they can get the proper assistance now and be referred out. Like you're saying, those resources, there's plenty of services that are out there. It's just a matter of them being recognized, which is a part of what I do. Identify, you got to see the kids that are dealing with some things and, and contact their parents, get, in, get communicated with them so they can get the appropriate services. So, yes, the services are there for the kids. Now, are people noticing it? Are people, are people recognized, or teachers and administrators, schools, recognizing certain signs? Now, that's where this role that I'm in is so heavy because now, and it, I mean, I, 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 hit, I just only hit the, the brink of the iceberg this year because there's so much stuff going on, bees in the school, there's so much that the kids that are dealing with, but you hit something so important that I, that I have to speak to before I go back to what I'm saying. You're talking about our generation, how this is nothing new. Kids wasn't eating before. There's, tra- there's, tra- there's trauma, there's shootings, there's killings, all of that stuff going on from our day. But like you said, I think it's something so important I can speak to, if I can speak to any kids and parents. It's so important that kids are able to, to, to navigate through their pain. They may not know it, but simply going outside, playing ball, playing football, running, those things are good for the body. That's, that's good ways to – so whether we knew it or not, we didn't know when we was 10, 11 years old that playing football, playing sports, going outside, that was doing anything. But – Studies show and statistics show, and I could prove, I could, I could give you stats that show simply exercising, which is all we were doing, is good ways to relieve stress. These kids are not going outside. These kids are not relieving stress. And, and especially during the pandemic, like what we're dealing with right now, how do you expect, how can kids go outside and, and do that when you're supposed to stay inside? So that's a whole other issue that really makes me 
really nervous for these kids right now. And which is why when we start back school in August, however we start back, whether we start back online, doing the virtual stuff again, or we go in person, these kids are going to need more help now than ever because check this out. I'm one of those, you've always been told as a mentor, we're basically that one support that, that, that a student or child can trust in and can vibe. All you need is one trusted individual in your life, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a mentor, whatever it is, you need one trusted individual that you can come to and will be there for you. So for many, their parents are not that support. School is that support. Mm -hmm. The teachers that support. What happens when you take school away from these kids that that was the only support they had? That was the only outlet they had. That was the only love that they got when they went to school. They got the hug from their teachers. You know what I'm saying? They got to, they got to interact with their peers because that's also another way to, um, to avoid and get through this mental health stuff is speaking to others. At least for us, and like I said, back in our generation, we had our homies, our homegirls, our homeboys, whatever the case is, we interacted. We was outside. We was mingling. So little did we know that simple things like communicating with your friends or your homies, whatever the case is, that was doing things for you because you weren't keeping it inside. You were expressing yourself. Whether you're on the football field and you was hitting somebody, you were letting out that energy in a healthy way. You see what I'm saying? So uh, exercise plays such a vital role. Uh, letting out the stress somehow in a healthy way is healthy. But now my, my fear and my, my sincere hurt is that during this pandemic, these kids are not able to do that. Being at school is a way to get away from violence. Being at school, at least you know, for example, you know you're getting at least two meals for the day, right? Mm -hmm. now, now during this pandemic, when the kids are shut down and they gotta stay at home, that was one of the projects that my school, and I know a pretty much a whole bunch of schools in Palm Beach County made it, made it um, available for kids to be fed. Because the reality of it is, Beast and Berto, a lot of kids aren't getting to eat. And that's the whole problem. That's a, that's a whole other podcast in itself how the effects of the low-income areas and, and, and um, poverty affects kids of all ages and kids and people of all race, period. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's a number of areas here, man, but what I can say is that we're coming a long way. There are um, uh, moves that are being made. Like, for example, with my role, that's one part. There's also a thing called SEL, learning, which is basically social-emotional learning, which you'll probably be seeing a little bit more as you go online. You see it's all it's basically ways of, of bringing education to kids in different, uh, through different means. You understand what I'm saying? Like, not every kid learns the same way. I know Berto. I mean, I don't know you, you know, on that level, Beast, but I know Berto. I, knew, I don't know me growing up. Like, we don't necessarily learn the same way. Just coming from a different island or coming from a Caribbean background, we, we, yeah. we coming into school, we have a whole different mindset. Our parents tell us that even when we go, even, I mean, I'm sure you can probably speak, speak to that as far as being, you know, the Haitian population. Mm -hmm. Like, we come to school with a whole different mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm from a Jamaican background. Mm -hmm. We come to school with a whole different background. We see kids acting crazy, acting up. We know we can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And we, because mm -hmm. we know what's going to happen. And nowadays, also, back to you. Yeah, go ahead. I kind of, that's why I touched on the mental health aspect. Because uh, me and Berta and I, we're big fans of like Umar Johnson. And we, we know how, like, he breaks it down, how, how we have white teachers teaching black kids and stuff like that. But I'm just trying to say, like you, you said you have a position where you right, just touched you, on it, B. You can make you, that, you can make that call. But how many like is how many black people are, are in your position? You know, what I'm saying making that call, and is it um, only at your school or is it throughout Palm Beach County? And mm -hmm. how do how do we get 
everybody to be on that same page. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, mental health has a lot to do with that. So this kid comes up and acts in class, even though we we can't do that. But that white teacher gonna be like, oh, this kid's this crazy. Now, now you know he's taking pills or he's taking drugs and making his situation worse. You know what I'm saying? And now, now you know he he can't can't keep up with it with his learning. Now he got to be an ESC and other stuff like that. So there's a whole other problem in itself. Right. So it's like we we face we're faced with all these problems in this eight hour span because that's when we go to school. And it's like our parents just drop us off they, without the knowledge. And how do we become more informed about on that? Um, these you, you uh, touched on a, a heavy topic, a heavy subject there, because I, I feel as if we're not there yet. I feel as if we're making, we're making, we're making some progress. Because mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, there are Afri- there are African Americans or you know blacks in this role. But I, I, what the school district is doing, they've implemented a few different things this year, um, such as Cognito is something that many will understand within the school district as education to be aware of certain mental health um, symptoms so that it's an educate, it's a required, which is what I want to really hit on. It's a required mental health training for all district employees, not just teachers. Cafeteria workers had to take it. Janitorial staff had to take it. Principals had to take it. Because the truth of the matter is, Beast, a bus driver needs to know if a kid's experiencing something that like simple, simple little symptoms. Like this kid, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Uh, he's coming on the bus every day. He's usually a positive kid. This today he's coming on kind of you know last few weeks he's been kind of you know very very uh, I don't want to use the word I'm not trying to diagnose no kids but he really be very sad. Like you need to know how to let the this is what you notice because I I mean I get to see that kid. There's there's about 700 kids in my school so it's everybody has to do their part. It's not just me in my role. Everybody needs to be aware of beast so that we can catch it. That's the only way we're gonna really I think it's what you said. How do we do that? And I'm getting to that part, but the truth of the matter is, it can't just be left on one person. It has everybody has a collective whole whites, black, Spanish. Everybody needs to be aware of what's going on, so that from the cafeteria worker noticing, wait, Johnny, Sally, Jeff, they different. Something, something's off. This past few, I've been noticing that something's wrong. But you have a little bit of knowledge. Okay, now they can come to me. Now they can go to the principal with some of their some of their observations. It makes everybody take accountability. Um, so yeah, there's there's one of the there's one of my positions in every school beast in Palm Beach County, and I'm sure it's going to continue to grow. Um, and yes, the school district is implementing programs, um, and as we speak, I'm enrolled in a few different programs for the summer to continue to make myself aware and all the all the employees aware of mental health and not only mental health but um, how to address certain certain. Uh, what I want to say, certain symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. But then the big part of what you're saying is this, it's called SEL learning. It's called social emotional learning, which is speaking to what you're talking about as coming from the African-American community, where white teachers, Spanish teachers have to be able to understand that these are the things that's going on. You have to be aware of your demographics, the school that your school district, the school area that you're teaching in. What is it that they're coming from? A lot of them are coming from the low-income project areas or whatever the case is. You got to understand that there's certain areas, there's certain issues that they're coming to school with. So a certain, certain, so that's what that SEL speaks to, Beast. And that is up and coming. So, so that's the future right there. Say that again? SEL is the future. 
yeah, SEL is the future, man. And it's it's not just that it's it's not it's not that it hasn't come anywhere yet. It's still on the rise. I'm watching seminars every week about SEL being more spoken of because it's exactly what you're talking about. It's allowing people to become more aware of different populations, different kids, and what they're experienced with, what they are going through, and how they bring it into the population into the classroom, and how that makes a difference on their learning. Like I said, simply understanding that, you know what? It's so important that these kids eat breakfast in the morning. So as a teacher that understands that's practicing SEL learning, mm -hmm. I may need to just have what they call a community meeting. And what that, what that is, Beast, is a simple five to 10 minute activity where you, everybody sits around you know, in a circle, whatever the case is, community, and we just ask each other, how are you feeling today? You know what I'm saying? What's your goal? Because the truth of the matter is, I might really be upset. As a kid, five-year-old kid, six-year-old kid, like, listen, my mom and dad are arguing all night. I don't know how to explain it to you fully, but as a five-year-old, before they start their day, they may not be able to focus to start the day. My mommy, all they, all they can say is, mommy and daddy are mad at each other. And it's my job to understand what does that look like and find out more questions. And it's, but it's not only my job as well, but I, I, I take the responsibility right now, Beast, to be the person that leads the change. So within my role, I have a heavy responsibility. So I do take a lot of it on my shoulder right now. I can't say that. But I, I know at the end of the day, my ultimate goal is to continue to, to educate the teachers and to continue to push for change, um, which is why I'm so, I'm so grateful to you guys for, you know, for allowing me to come on here today and be with y'all because, you know, for, as, a, as a man, um, as somebody working, advocating for mental health and, um, and as a mentor and as, a, and as an influence in the school, as a male, you know what I'm saying? I'm not sexist, I'm not racist, but I understand that it's so important to have males in the school. Uh, Nigel, I, def I definitely want to appreciate you. This was definitely an uh, informative uh, podcast. We got to do this shit again, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. We definitely got to well, do this again. Let me know, man. Just let me know. I mean, I don't mind. This is what it's all about, Beast and Roberto. This is how the awareness continues to get out there. That's how you get it out there. Little by little, it's just it's just about the little the little growth, man. A little growth. Well, if someone is trying to be in your field and trying to do the same process that you did, uh, how do they do that? Like, what what degree, what kind of degree do you need to do something like that, a job like that? Um, the good thing about it, beast, with this field, and now the school district is 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 um on a hiring freeze right now. But as far as as far as degrees is concerned, my it's very broad. You do need to have you do need to have experience working with kids, um, dealing with mental health. You know, um, what is it? Concerns. What you do need to have experience, but there's there's psychology is acceptable. Sociology. You have those that are that are um, mental health counselors. You know what I'm so, saying? A social worker can, can. Social work. It's like you do need to have experience, but but it's not limited. The good thing about love with this field is, and what you know, I don't want to take up that much more time. But the beautiful thing about this, the team that I work with piece is that there's a whole bunch of different experiences that are coming into this field. So you get a whole bunch of perspectives. Whenever we, whenever we meet for our, like our, I don't know, our, 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 we have meetings sporadic throughout the year, but whenever we do meet, it's fun. It's, it's beautiful to hear from a different perspective. And, I, and that's why I think the school district did that within its role so that everybody's not just coming from one perspective of thinking. And that's, that's another point that I think is so important to, to speak on that it's all about the perspective. Like you can't just be thinking closed-minded or only thinking from one perspective. So that's the beautiful thing, like I said, 
there's a whole bunch of different experiences. And I could, I mean, I'll definitely, um, you know, if you want to, I could definitely shoot some things to you, some information, some resources for you to definitely have to, you know, to, to read up on some more. But what I can say is it's a very diverse field. And every day I sit down with, with other BHPs, sort for behavioral health professionals within my role, there's so much knowledge that they have. They come from kids that they're coming from environments where they're working with um, foster kids. You got that. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother arena of coming to talking about mental health. You got people who are working with um, as licensed mental health counselors. You have that perspective. You have people who are psychology um, students or teachers. You got that perspective. You got sociology. You got educators that are trying to get into the mental health field and that have experience working with um, at clinics and things like that. So you, you got a nice diverse amount of experience. So it's, it's good to come to the table like that. Well, All right, that sounds good, man. But we're going to wrap this up, man, man. I want to just say before we get out of here, man, I want to just appreciate you because, you know, a lot of people don't know me and you, we, we grew up in the same neighborhood. So, you know, the fact that you still, you know, giving back to your community in a positive way and you pretty much out here for the young people, especially people that look like us, you know what I'm saying? Could You know, growing up, you know, just me speaking, I can't speak about everybody, but me, I didn't have a lot of male on, on role models or male, you know, teachers. You know, the only closest thing to a male um, role model I had or teacher was like my basketball coach, my football coach. But that's about it. But if you think about it, most of the teachers they didn't even look like us, and and they wasn't even here. They couldn't even understand what we were going through. So I just want to salute you, man, for just being positive, being a young mentor to other people, and you know, just give you the roses while you're still here, man. And we appreciate you for joining us, man. Yeah, appreciate man. y'all. Too, we, gotta do, we gotta do this one more time, man. I like this conversation, bro. Big Zone Podcast. I like Appreciate y'all.